an Ironic Media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. All right, today on the podcast, I have Michelle Starin, and she is my very best friend of 23 years. We know each other so well, and she has been through so many transformations with me. So I decided to invite her onto the podcast to talk about the latest transformation, which is going from the Ophelia podcast to the Stark Transformation show. Michelle shares what it was like to watch me go through all of these transformations, and she asks some of her own questions about how I handled certain things. Changing the podcast was not an easy decision, but it needed to happen. I hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, here is Michelle Starin interviewing me about my transformation. Let's get started. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Michelle Starin, and I have invited her on because she's known me for 23 years, and I wanted to celebrate the relaunch of the Ophelia podcast as, did you say, is that how you say it? <laughs> That's a little confusing. Well, so we're good to me. You just noticed that instead of saying sounded good, I said sound good. I'm sorry, I just ruined your entire podcast. <laughs> Take two. And this, this is exactly what it's like when Michelle and I hang out. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Can you stop eating? <laughs> Last bite. Okay, ready. Okay. Yeah. Take four. Oh my gosh. All right. So we're doing this episode because we're relaunching the podcast and it's going to be called the Stark Transformation Show. And <laughs> so I thought I would invite my best friend of 23 years onto the podcast to talk about what she has seen me go through, you know, at, from an outsider's perspective, because, you know, what I do is not so mainstream. It's kind of fun to meet somebody who isn't in the field and what they think about both what I'm saying and also she knows me very well. So welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here. You already have cracked me up and making me laugh so hard. <laughs> Thank you for asking me to be here. I, I'm excited. I, I've listened to every episode. Everyone out there, your life will change if you listen to every episode, which I've done. <laughs> and I didn't pay her to do that. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like, I would like to be paid, but I have not been paid. <laughs> All right. First of all, so yay, we're doing the Stark Transformation show, right? And Michelle actually was here when she was visiting me when I was doing a meditation and I realized that the Ophelia podcast was supposed to be called the Stark Transformation Show. Spirit just said, you know, it's time to change the name so that it has your name in it and um, be in more alignment with who you are and make it easier for people to find you. So I, while <laughs> it made a lot of sense, you know, there is a lot of work to do. And I also really love the name Ophelia. So I just want to say that it's not that I don't love that title. I don't regret having it being called that. Like, you know, I really 
love what the name means, which is helper. That's who I truly am. And so anyway, so as a relaunch of the podcast, I thought, why not talk about my transformation, you know, not only this past year, but also in life from an outsider's perspective. I'm the outsider. Yeah. I'm super excited because as I mentioned, I've listened to the podcast since it started. I actually, truth be told, re-listened to all the minis and listened to anything I'd missed over the past like three weeks. So I've literally had like a crash course in like all things energy and not a joke. It has already made changes in my life. So I'm excited to be here. I've known Amy, like said forever, and I'm going to be asking her just a couple of questions about her own transformation and what makes her qualified to be hosting different guests and telling us how we can change our lives. So Michelle and I met in college. It was the first day of college and we were on the same floor in Lawrence and at Syracuse University. Woo-woo. <laughs> Go Cuse. And it turned out that she had lived only five miles from me, which was incredible and kind of blew our minds because we both grew up in very small towns and didn't know each other. And yet while we were so different, we were so enjoying each other's company when we met. She came from a very small family. I came from a very large family. She's an only child. I'm a twin in the middle of six kids. So, you know, (laughs) you would think that we didn't have a lot in common or we wouldn't probably be friends. I was athletic and you were were into being (laughs) lazy. Do you remember when I said, do you need motivation or something? We were supposed to go to the gym and I like said, yeah, 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 we'll go. And then I had no intentions of going. Amy came by and I was taking a nap and she's like, do you need some kind of motivation? And I was like, yeah, the motivation is that I don't want to go get out of my room. And then you're like, she really actually thought I would say yes. Like you, like no one held me accountable for plans I made because I didn't make plans because I was an only child and there was no one to make plans with. (laughs) So anyway, so we we are kind of like an unlikely couple of friends. So anyway, Michelle, what has it been like for you to watch me go through this transformation? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So without going into too much detail, when Amy and I met, like she said, it was very clear we were very different. I didn't grow up with a lot of chaos. I didn't grow up with a lot of yelling. And Amy did, because that's just what happens in a family of that many kids and two parents and all of that stuff. So Amy's kind of like approach to the world around her was very different. I was I mean, when it comes to dealing with stuff quieter, I was like a little bit more maybe reserved. Amy, just if she didn't like something, she let you know. And I had never really been around that before. But along with that, even though that's great, along with that comes like, you know, just I guess there were times when she freaked out at stuff. And and her approach to the world around her was basically one that came from having to kind of be on guard all the time with a lot of other humans in her space. So it was difficult when we first met. And, you know, we obviously went through four years of college together. We lived together every single year of that experience. And I watched her and she watched me kind of like grow up a little bit, probably the most that anyone's ever seen us grow up in that four-year period. And our arguments became more intense. I think as we got more stressed and as we became more of who we were, our arguments became more intense. And then we moved to the city together and a lot of changes happened to Amy. I think she realized a lot of stuff about herself. And I watched you go through all of that. And over time, it came became clear that you were looking for new ways to cope. And like, you kind of started to not just know you needed new ways to cope, but it was really interesting to watch you realize that you had all this power within you. In fact, that's a lot of what you say now, not to jump ahead, but like now you have clients and you want to empower people to actually do things on their own because they can. But yeah, it was really interesting to watch you little by little, like kind of uncover these things. And one quick story about college, like we would be walking around with a group of others at night and the lights would be on and the lights as Amy passed under them would just turn off. And she, I think would say, I mean, Amy, you can, you can jump in, but like, she would say things like, oh yeah, this, this always happens to me. And then like the lights would come back on. And I just remember being like, 
what? <laughs> and that's just like a small example. But when we lived together later in the city, when we graduated, watch her kind of understand that, like she could, like she knew things that were happening to her family and no one had ever told her. And I don't know, Amy, like, what was it like for you? I mean, I, I can say that you went from someone who was like very intense to someone who was able to manage their surroundings a little bit better. But like, what was that experience like for you going from six kids to college, to being your own person, to moving to the city, to realizing a lot of things about yourself? So I grew up again with all these different personalities. So there was just a lot of freakouts and it became really normal to either be in fighting mode or brace yourself for what was coming next and, you know, just carry a lot of anger. But then we would release it really fast, which I thought everybody did because we did it. We all did it in my family. So when, when I met Michelle and she didn't just like get over things quickly, I was like, what's going on here? (laughs) You know? And then the other thing is, is like, I also had that nature of letting go, but I also was mostly just happy-go-lucky if I wasn't upset. So there was just this weirdness that I was like so extreme on one side and so extreme on the other, you know, being so happy, playful and fun, and then being upset and down, you know, and scared. So I had to uh, come up with like a way to like kind of balance that out, you know, or at least get through the days a little bit better. So when we left New York City and I got the job with the New York City Teaching Fellows Program and I worked in a really stressful environment, I realized that I had no tools to handle what I was going through and that my freaking out would do nothing. You know, like I would cry basically because I, I, I couldn't, you know, scream and yell at the kids. I, I just stuffed it all in and cried. And then one day I realized like, this is not about me. Like I was taking it personally. I, you know, these kids had a much worse life than I ever had. And um, while my life was a little bit, you know, annoying growing up with six kids, it was, there was also a lot of love. And when I was approaching my teaching with the kids, I was sharing a side of me that was like, I love you unconditionally because I did. I felt for them. I was so compassionate. I was so sensitive. But at the same time, you know, I would come home and we would have talks and I was like so stressed out. And eventually after four years, I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the stress. I couldn't see these kids not getting the services they need. And and why were we pursuing academics so strongly when these kids needed so many other things? So it was really stressful for me to go through that. But I eventually started meditating and that's when all my gifts opened up accidentally. I mean, I was a science teacher, so I never in a million years thought meditating would A, feel so good, but also B, release so much from what I was carrying. And like I started looking at the programs I was carrying and and the limitations I was putting Mm. on myself. And I was like, why in the world would I ever have these types of limitations? You know, they're not serving me. Who even told me this? Like, and, and do I even believe that? That was really cool when I started realizing that how powerful my mind was. And then back when I was um, 16 years old, I broke my back and I got through that basically through mindset. I mean, I laid on my back, sure. And I, I used a bone stimulator to help me grow the bone back, but I ultimately never let go of the feeling of playing soccer. I envisioned it at night. I dreamt about it. And it just wasn't it. It wasn't an option not to play soccer. So like it was so looking back at that time, I was like, wow, I think I did something with my brain and my body. You know, it was like one of those first times where I really trusted myself and I really believed in myself. And I saw there was like some sort of change that that happened. And and I knew other people were like looking at me like, how did you do that? And I was like, I'm not sure, but I think it was with my, <laughs> my brain. Let me just say one thing about that. It's really interesting to hear you talk about like that experience when you were 16 and the soccer thing, because like it highlights just how much your spirituality 
or any spirituality really can be applied to like things like that. Just the fact that like, even at that time, you didn't know what you were doing, but essentially you were just basically manifesting the fact that you were going to play soccer again, that you were going to be athletic again, that your back was not going to not heal. And you did that. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people might come at your podcast or might come at the whole notion of spirituality, believing like, oh my God, okay, I want to be a more spiritual person because I want to talk to dead people. And like, it is so much (laughs) more every day than that. (laughs) You know, And I think that's a really great example. Yeah. And and actually the doctor had said I would never play soccer again. And I just said, no, that's not happening. Like that just cannot mm-hmm. be my reality. And that was really was mindset, right? Like that was what I believed. And I believed it wholeheartedly because I was 16 and I was young and, and it worked out for me. Yeah. But when I was 26 and I wanted to kill myself because I felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do. And yet I wasn't happy I realized I didn't know what was next. And if I killed myself, which is terrible to say, I didn't know if there would be repercussions. I didn't know if I would end up all of a sudden back on the same street even, you know, and Mm -hmm. with the same problems. Like, did did that even happen? Like, I, I remember thinking that. So I took myself home and I was like, I need to sort out some things before I continue anymore in this life, like the way that I've been going. So I started meditating and that's when I really started to, like I said, open up all my gifts. And I never thought that I would be able to see energy or talk to dead people. I mean, right now it looks like I understand everything that I went through and I do. But at the time I was like, wait a second, (laughs) why is there a spirit here? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's actually like a really good point for me to ask a question that I have that I feel like a lot of other people might have too. So, okay. So you're meditating and all of a sudden you like see auras and all of a sudden you realize you like, like, is there a moment or can you tell us a story about a time where you were just like, Whoa, what is going on? And like what that was like and what you were doing, because I have a feeling that you're probably just in your apartment meditating or something every day. You know, I was, I loved meditation so much because I felt good. I felt safe. I felt a connection with everybody around me. And I was in New York city, which is kind of a weird feeling to be like, (laughs) like I read something recently that said, New Yorkers are really kind people, but they're not nice. (laughs) And because, you know, we're just trying to survive, dude. Right. So if you're a New Yorker, you know this, like you'll be going down into the subway and there'll be somebody with a kid in a, a stroller and they'll need it to be carried down the bottom of the steps. <laughs> and will just pick up the, the side of the stroller and help you carry it down and walk away and not say anything like that is what New York is like. And so to have this feeling of like, I love you towards like everyone, it was really a bizarre feeling. And I, I did keep it under wraps. Like I kind of felt almost some shame around it. Like, you can't do that, Amy. You can't be like that. Do you know anyone at that point around you? Or did you really feel like, oh my God, what is going on? I have no one to talk to about this. Yeah, at that time, it was just me. But the thing is, is I, it was almost like I had this like secret, you know, kind of Mm. like when I was gay. And I was like sitting with it every single day, learning, seeing things. And then there was this one particular time where I sensed what my sister was going through by accident. I She just popped into my head. All of a sudden, my eyes started burning. And, and I was like, what the heck is that? And then I opened my eyes and it was gone. And then I closed my eyes and it happened again. So I called my twin sister and I was like, hey, what's going on with you? And she was like, oh my gosh, as you talk to mom, I have a double pink eye infection. And oh. so that at that point, I was like, wait a second, maybe this is twin tuition mm-hmm. or something 
else, you know, but the next day then I was meditating and I felt my dad, I felt like I, my tooth had broken. And then I was like, oh my gosh, let me find out if this is like a pattern or something, you know, cause I was always looking for the patterns cause I had the scientific background and I called. I just want to say one thing about that. That's so cool about you that I've always marveled at is that you do have such a scientific background. We met in college. You loved physics. Like you, you are a science person and that is what makes what you do now so cool because it's, it, it's almost like it makes it a hundred times more believable because you have this background in science. And, and so I can imagine you kind of getting stuck and being like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. The, the chances of that happening two days in a row, like was yeah. very slim. So I was like, okay, let me see what, what this is all about. So I called my mom. Sure enough, my dad was at the dentist with a tooth that had been broken by a walnut the night before the, the exact tooth that I was feeling. So I was like, okay, this is really weird. And then all of a sudden I'd be walking through New York city and feeling other people's feelings. And I'm like, I got to figure out how to stop this or turn this off or use this in a different way. So there was that whole piece of like, why would I feel pain in my body and then not be a doctor? Like I was like, I, this, to me, that was all that made sense. And so as I kept exploring, I realized, okay, so if I go into energy healing, maybe that's going to help release this pain that these people are feeling. And sure enough, that is what I do is I mm. use my body as an instrument to help people to heal. And then I can see where they need me to go with energy healing. So that was interesting. But then I also was like, well, then why can I talk to dead people? <laughs> you know, like all of a sudden, you know, they started showing up and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I realized, oh, they're here to deliver messages and information and to show their support and things like that. So I was like, okay, I, I get that. And then I was like, well, why, why see the future? Why, why is that important? And, and then I realized, oh, I'm trying to help people steer away from things that might not be good for them and then to more better choices for them or their journey. And so eventually, I probably about 10 years ago, I put this all together, maybe 12 years ago. And then I started realizing that there was a pattern with emotions and sickness. That's when EFT entered and mm. became like the solution for helping people to really rewire their brain. And when I was meditating at 26, I realized that I was working on my my programs from childhood and all the other beliefs that I had, but it was slow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every day I was like, oh, there's that thought again. And eventually I shifted it. I started to realize that I could just choose better things and then naturally gravitate that way. But with EFT, it was so much faster. And I was like, wow, I wonder if everybody knew this, like how fast mm. their spiritual transformation would be. I have another question for you, actually. It's like, it sounds like a lot of this is kind of harnessing like the power of your own mind, or at least maybe stepping into understanding how much power you have over your own programming and over your own life when you can control your mind or not necessarily control your mind, but almost like understand it more. So at what point, and remember, I knew Amy when like we were living in the city and we were like drinking and going out, you know, and I, and now I still know her and she's very much the same person, like personality wise. She's still super fun. Doesn't really care what people around her think if she's having fun, but she's much more spiritual and she's much more able to kind of handle the things around her. So at what point in that time period, do you think you really understood like the power of your own mind and the power of your brain and all of that stuff? I'll tell you, I, it was the funniest thing because we went to the Denver Science Museum. I put on this headphone or a headset and I was supposed to battle against Fenella, you know, where they have those experimental, you know, kind of things. We were waiting in line and there was a bunch of kids battling against their parents and the kids were barely winning. You know, it would take a while for this ball to go across this cage 
and they had to, the only way to make the ball move was to relax. You couldn't like move the ball. So it was like a kind of like a mind fuck. Like you were uh-huh. like, I want it to move, but then you're like, I got to <laughs> relax. So the more that you relaxed, the faster it moved. And, and you were trying to get it across the finish line. And so the, you know, you'd see the ball go back and forth because people would get out of their, their thoughts, their thought pattern and be like, I want it to move, or I got to relax. You know, you'd see it literally going back and forth as they were thinking. And it was really cool. And so I was like, okay, I know how to do this. I'll just go into meditation real fast. So I put on the headset and then Fen put on hers and then they started the game and then the ball flew across and I oh scored in like a second or, a, or <laughs> two. And the whole room went, <gasps> and I opened my eyes and I had won. And everybody's like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I've been meditating for several years now. And I think I changed my brain, you know, like this is, an, <laughs> you know, evidence to me. And it was cool because I was always looking for the science, you know, I wanted yeah. to know that I, what I was doing was really making a difference. And of course, now I know that it does. Like I, there were times where I could tell that a football was going to hit somebody a second before it would. And I just stuck my hand out. It was like, I could start to see how my brain was anticipating things maybe a second or two before, which is what the research says. Mm. And, you know, one time I was driving, it was a Friday night and I was going up to upstate New York. I was driving on a very dark road and I had a vision of a deer jumping out. So I I hit on the brakes like to slow down. And sure enough, about one or two seconds later, a deer jumped out. So oh it, it was that training of the brain that got me very present and aware with the information that was coming to me. And I always say that it's like I could slow down the tape. I would be like, wait, something just went by. And I'd Mm. like rewind the tape, slow it down, see what was there and get the information and then speed it back up. And I think that's only possible through, you know, a lot of meditation, right? In everything you're saying, I think it's like what comes across is that you are, and I'm actually right now, just like focus on the fact that you're at the Denver Science Museum, like probably (laughs) with Fen and like Aiden or whoever else. You're just like this normal person who does normal stuff. And actually like one really funny story that just popped in my head. I've actually absolutely no idea why, but I said you were a normal person. And one of the things that I remember is at your wedding afterwards, A, at the end of the wedding, we all jumped into the pool and you were like leading the charge in your wedding dress. And then the next day you went parasailing in the freaking thing. Like, I feel like you would not expect that the person who goes parasailing in their wedding dress because they're so laid back and like normal and fun would be, you know, meditating and like seeing auras and like changing the trajectory of a ball at the Denver Science Museum with their brain. So what is it like to be a wife and be a mom to a son and like, you know, have friends who don't necessarily know all about this stuff, but no, you know, and so basically be a normal person and understand what it's like to have an NDE and stuff like that. Or maybe not understand, but you know what I am saying. First of all, do you remember when I asked the guy, um, I was like, can I go parasailing in my wedding dress? And he was like, we've never had anybody ask that. And I was shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked too. This was Key West, everybody too. Like, yeah. It was not like it was some fancy And I place. danced on the bar the night before. I mean, that mm-hmm. wedding dress got destroyed. Where is that wedding dress right now? I actually don't know. <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day. I'm like, it's somewhere in this house. So, cause my mother-in-law was like, you can't get rid of that. I actually threw it in the washing machine because it smelled so bad. But anyway. <laughs> Of course you did. Yeah. So listen, I think because I have been a part of such highs in my life of like connecting with spirit, the quantum field, love, God, healing, seeing amazing, miraculous things. I just look at life differently than people. And so Mm -hmm. while I always had that happy-go-lucky kind of mentality up until I, I, you know, I was 26 and I really wanted to check out. 
I, and that's how I knew things were really wrong because I wasn't like that. But like as my journey went on and I got to see these amazing things happen and these transformations in people, I always remember that that's possible. And so anything mm-hmm. that I'm going through or what I see other people going through, I'm like that possibility is there for them. And if I can just give them hope that they can transform their lives just the same as I did. Mm-hmm. I'm normal because I am married and I have a six-year-old son and I am a soccer coach for my son and I, I am normal. Like, <laughs> so, and I don't walk around all the time. Some people get scared. Like I remember one of my clients when it was like, so like, if we're just having a conversation, do you always know what I'm like thinking? <laughs> I've got the same thing. <laughs> the answer is no. Like I, I don't walk into a party and and can see all the disease or you know what's bothering people. I can definitely sense it. I definitely clear my energy and make it a a strong energy field. So I'm not by accident picking up on those things. It's sort of like putting on X-ray glasses, or if you will, you know that mm-hmm. if somebody says I have a problem, I can go immediately and put those lenses on and see the the th- things that are adding up to make that what it is. You know, it's also really hard just being, you know, a sister, a daughter. You know, I watch my family go through a lot. As a healer, I can't always help out. Like I can't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm not allowed to, you know, because they're going through a spiritual journey. And so that's hard because they know that I can do certain things. And then there's other times where I want to help out, but they don't want the help. You know, so Mm. I, that must be so hard to know that like you have the tools that if people implemented them, they would be able to change, but they're just not ready. Yeah. It's really hard to watch other people suffer, especially because I am so sensitive. I do feel it as if it is my own and I have to be Mm -hmm. careful with, with that. I, I definitely clear my energy a lot if I'm starting to feel that. So yeah, I mean, I go through the challenges that everybody else goes through just because I, I am psychic. I am a medium. I am a healer. It doesn't mean that I don't get stuck up or stuck on, (laughs) stuck up, get stuck on things. You know, at times, like I I go through my own challenges because it's part of my own journey, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so changing the podcast, for instance, from Ophelia to Star Transformation, not an easy decision. However, I love being vulnerable. You know, I love, you know, I am fallible, you know, and I, not to say that picking the Ophelia podcast was a, you know, mistake, but I recognize that I may not know everything and that there might be a higher power that has a different plan for me than what I may think. And I'm mm-hmm. open to that. And, that. and that's what came through in meditation. And so it's like, if it's going to come through in meditation and I definitely wasn't like, hey, let me change the podcast. Like, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a second, there's something there, you know, and I'm willing to be of service to mm-hmm. everybody who wants transformation. Like, that's why I'm here. And so if I get that ping from spirit that that it's time I take the step even though it may not be comfortable well that's kind of the very nature of transformation which is kind of cool and something that I've always seen you adapt to is like you make a choice or you choose something or do something whatever it is and being open to the fact that you can change I think that's been a big thing that I have learned from you and from this podcast like I, like a lot of the people that are on your show had a very corporate life and was working 70 hours a week. And, you know, it didn't even occur to me that like, I could be different than that. I didn't even know I wanted to be different than that. But I think through some of the tools you taught me, like meditation and tapping and all of that stuff, I've been able to more clearly be open or like more openly be open (laughs) to a transformation. And that means looking at naming a podcast, one thing and realizing when it's time to evolve and transform. And I think that's something I've watched you do really well and something you've taught me and I'm sure everyone who listens. 
Yeah, thank you. I <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so funny how often I transform. Like I once said to one of my students, labels don't work for me. I've also talked to Michelle about that. Once you <laughs> We're going to sell it at Target. A shirt yeah. says labels are no longer working for me. Look, look yeah. out for it. As soon as somebody slaps a label on me, it pretty much doesn't fit anymore. So it's kind of funny. And that's an exaggeration, of course, but I'm so willing to change if mm-hmm. it's what's for my highest and best good that I have no real attachments to things, you know, sometimes obviously, but it's interesting. Some people resist change so much, you know, and, and that's what life is like. In fact, my son is, he resists change a lot. <laughs> and so I said to him the other day, I'm like, the one thing you can count on is that things are going to change. And he was like, I don't really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him saying that. So anyway, yeah, that, that's what it's like to be me, you know, as a podcaster. I mean, hello, I launched a podcast. In oh my 20- God. In 2020, you know, and what's so funny is when I was sitting down to meditate, it was in January to launch the podcast to see what we were going to do and all that. Spirit said, do not delay. And, mm-hmm. and they said it over and over again. Do not delay. Do this. The world is going to change. And that's one of the things that I could even pull up the writing that I did on my computer because I do. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. And I was like, they must mean the podcasting world. Is change. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe it has to do with censoring and things like that. And I, my message will get out because I'll be grandfathered in or something like that. So mm-hmm. But the world literally changed. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. we went into lockdown and and they said, when the world changes, people will need to know your message more than ever. I remember talking to you about the launch of the podcast. And I remember one of your very first episodes was about not necessarily like what was going on in the world, but I think it was what was going on in the world. It was like all the things that were being presented with or whatever. And I think sometimes like you were saying, like sometimes you can kind of transform yourself, but you also have to be really open to seeing when like, it is very clear that a higher power or like the universe or whatever spirit, whatever you want to call it, wants you to change because it knows what's in your highest and best interest. But the point is, I guess, like you knew that the world was kind of a little bit in shambles and like the podcast came out and you kept with it and you kept going, trusting that you were on the right path. And I think that that's something that I've also learned from you. And that has become more easier the more I've practiced EFT. It's like being open and less resistant to the transformation that is best for you. And I've watched you be open to that the whole time I've known you, you know? Thank you. Well, I've had many coming out. (laughs) So I feel like I'm getting really good at it. Uh, I thought the podcast was the last coming out, but then I guess changing the name is the next coming out of everything. And I've really just been like, you know what, if that's what it is, that's what it is. And I remember when we launched, which I mean, it literally was a year ago. It's crazy that it seems so long ago. (laughs) This this happened, but I had 22 episodes all set and ready to go. And I was like, that'll give me enough time to then learn more about podcasting and work on some other things. And then of course, quarantine hit and everybody's really stressed out. People want to know what's going on with the world. So I'm like, well, why don't I do some episodes on that? So, so then I started putting, you know, some new episodes in when I didn't think I was going to, but I wanted to meet the needs of what people were going through at the time. And so we put Mm -hmm. off some episodes and had to rearrange some things all the while I had my son at home, you know, (laughs) and, and we're going through a pandemic and while I have great tools and everything, there were some times that was really tough, you know, and, but I, I, ultimately it is my pleasure to deliver this information to people. And actually what I've said before, even having the podcast is I wish I could empty the contents of my Mm. brain 
for people to understand like where I'm at. Like, I'm not crazy. Like if you knew what I knew, you would feel the same way. I'm pretty sure of it. (laughs) And also, okay. So I'm glad you said that you're not crazy because I know you're not crazy. And I'm sure everybody that knows you knows that you're not crazy, you know, but like, that is what I think makes you. And I'm now just speaking as for, for myself, but I imagine other people must feel this way as well. But like, that's what makes you so approachable and the message that you're giving so understandable is because you are not crazy and you are so normal. Like, I I mean, I don't know if people can like, some people are probably just listening to the podcast in their car or something. And they don't know that like this afternoon, you're going to go get a haircut, you know, like you're, and you made the appointment because you care that you have nice hair, you know, and you are a soccer coach for your son and you play video games with him and you make a hundred waffles on a Sunday. (laughs) Literally. You guys, she does. And they are amazing. Not only does she make a hundred waffles, but she follows the directions and adds her own. So that like the, she, I was once there and we had to like, what do you call it? Beat the egg whites until they had stiff peaks. It was horrible, but the waffles were so delicious. But anyway, it makes, it makes all the difference. It really does. She taught me this. And that's like another thing she's taught me is about the, you know, waffles that are delicious, but that's one of the things that's so cool about you is that you are just so normal. You go shopping, you're funny, like you drink, you are not like this person who's unapproachable, who believes that everybody has to be on the same journey that you're on. You're very much like, here are the tools, go practice them. Yeah. Come back with questions, you know? Yeah. And that's what's cool about you. I really want to empower people. That has been one of my biggest missions because so often we hand over our power in places And we may not even be aware of it. And I don't want people to need me all the time. It has been such a great pleasure to be like, hey, go check it. If you need something, go check out these podcasts because they're going to expand on some of these issues that you might be wanting more information about. You know, and I just did that for me, actually. She was like, I was talking to her. I was on a really long drive and she was like, listen, you need to go back and listen to all the mini episodes. And I literally, (laughs) from the moment she said it, I listened to him in the car. I got in the shower. I listened to him in the shower. Like I I did what she said. Yeah. And and I just taught a class and I was doing the same thing. And then somebody just reached out recently, you know, saying that they're struggling. I'm like, you might want to listen to these other ones. You know, I'm like, I swear this is not self-promotion of the podcast. When I'm talking to them, I'm like, they're just going to help you. Like, I know that they will. And like, like back to my comment about, I wish I could empty the contents of my brain. Like these episodes are all what I've experienced or thought about or needed to know, or the teachers that helped me or, you know, the professionals that I went and saw that were able to transform my body or whatever it is that I was going through. If I can do it with like those kind of tools and and I can hand them over to you, I think that you you know anybody who's looking for transformation can really transform their lives. I totally agree and and I think that's awesome. So, we're moving forward, new name, new day, transformation. What do you hope that we get out of the evolution of the podcast? It always has been that there's hope and that they're not alone. Especially with this past year, there's been a lot of people going through their dark night. Now, I've been through a couple of dark nights. My biggest one, I would say, was when I was 26 years old that caused all this to start happening, you know? And what I do know about dark nights is that they can feel so desperate, but at the same time, it's the darkest before dawn. And I think that people, if they can really understand, while they may be feeling down and out and not ready to take on what the world has for them they're going through it for a reason. Mm -hmm. If they can stay patient and stay curious and stay open to what the messages might be, 
I think it's going to help. And that's why I have the podcast is to show, like literally illustrate how other people have transformed their lives. Like that's why I ask all my guests, like, what was your dark night? Like you do not get on the podcast unless you've had a dark night. Like you have to know what it's like to be in that moment and then come to the other side where you're, you know, living your purpose and much happier and have let go of things and realize how precious life is and, and the gifts that we have been given are all unique to us and we're here to share them. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing them with us. I'm happy you exist and that your podcast exists. Well, you're welcome. It's my, it's like I said, my pleasure. It's my legacy. I always said, you know, if nothing else, my son can listen to this. (laughs) And eat your freaking waffles or make his own. I'll make them for him. (laughs) But I don't like this conversation. Yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) Like the reality where I'm making waffles for your son is not a reality I want to live in. (laughs) Unless you're like on vacay and you trust me to make him waffles. Which I did at one point. Oh my God. He was a small child. It was, it was amazing. But I was desperate me. for a Mexico vacation. Oh my God. And you guys, he's still living. Like he's thriving. And I like to think <laughs> he, I had something to He was to totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Amy, did you ever think that you would have a podcast? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> you know, it's funny because my older sister was very much into the, you know, theater and acting and all that other stuff. And Sarah was very much into that as well. But that's I your was, twin sister. That's my twin sister. Yeah. Sorry. And in high school, I was actually happy to be behind the scenes, you know, doing the lights or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember what exactly what I did, but that, that was where I wanted to be. I was one of the stage directors. The thought of ever being in front of the camera or the mic was never something that I thought I would do. Mm. And not only because it just was really weird for me to think of that. It wasn't something I was interested in, but I also had a slight stutter. Like I also... Oh my God, really? Yeah. I can't believe you don't remember. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes I have a stutter when I talk. So that also led me to not want to, you know, obviously host a podcast. <laughs> also, I never really was allowed to have opinions growing up. Well, you know, mm. my mom, she couldn't listen to everybody's opinions. So I learned very quickly that it was best not to have opinions. And so... For me to actually be talking about something that I really love in the spotlight, talking, not because, you know, Mm -hmm. I had a stutter, like I am very proud of myself. There's so many other things like energetically speaking, like I had to go through past lives of where, you know, delivering a message wasn't so safe and I had some of that energy stored in me. So I cleared some of that. So becoming a podcaster was not like, yay, hey, sign me up. But it was kind of like, okay, this is this makes sense for my journey and my calling and getting this information out to the most amount of people. Because ultimately, when I was in one-on-one sessions, I there was always a piece of me that was thinking, I wish somebody could hear or watch this session because it's so it would be just as healing for them or almost as healing for them to hear this transformation that this person is going through, to hear some of the lessons that I'm teaching this person as we're working together. And then that's when the podcast, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going (laughs) to use the podcast to teach the lessons that I normally would teach my clients, but in a more uh, a broader scale, you know, make it much more accessible to anybody who wants to heal. It's a perfect way to get your message out, I think. And in some way, I'm sure, I'm sure some spirit or some version of the universe knew you were always going to have a podcast. That's why the stutter <laughs> left. The yeah, universe was like, right. we're going to have to handle that. <laughs> right. Anyway, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing what you experienced watching me go through all this. Is there anything else you want to share? 
I mean, I don't know. You're the most fun person. I laugh the most with you. I don't know if anyone can tell, but we always have something to talk about. I was just visiting Amy and her family for like uh, a month and a half. And literally the last night I was there, I'd been there for seven freaking weeks or something. (laughs) And her wife came out and was like, are you guys still talking? We were walking around uh, Costco and Amy was like, oh my God, I almost forgot to tell you. And we both looked at each other like, how did you almost forget to tell me? We've literally talked about everything. So anyway, it's always fun to talk to you. I love you so much. I can't wait for you to have me as a guest on your podcast. Yes. Once I'm better at all this. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm great at it already. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Michelle. I love you. I love you. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show, website or other platforms, including text, images, audio or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.